Welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. Uh, I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Beautiful, sunny winter day here, uh, which you don't get so often in the Pacific Northwest. So, uh, you know, the family's out riding bikes, and I'm here pumping out the content. Uh, Also in Portland, Ryan Palmer. Yeah, the Sunday scaries are real. I've been off of school for two weeks and have done absolutely nothing. So today is going to be a busy day. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk fast. I don't believe you. You told me you were up at 5:30 the other day working. <laughs> uh, that's true. I was doing work for that. You're right. But I haven't done enough. Is is 5:30 <laughs> wasn't early enough. <laughs> Jesus. We need to pay teachers more in America. Yeah, we can that agree on true. that. Uh, Colin Swamp Scott. Yeah, I, I would just like to make the observation that there's a lot of uh, holiday facial hair going on on the pod right now. Um, I have a beard and I do not normally have a beard. Palmer definitely rocking a, a nice, uh, salt and pepper number right there. Mike strong beard as, as always Dan, uh, just a mustache, right? So I would call that, you know, we're like seven for eight. We're missing Dan's beard, <laughs> but, uh, Dan's been going strong on the must on the mustache though for a while now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I feel like for he's, sure. he's made it his quarantine look. Yeah, I, I'm just interested to see when we go back to uh, to work next week. Uh, you know, if we'll report back at seven or eight, seven for eight, I don't think that'll happen. So we'll see. I mean, I've I've been on video on calls with this thing. Yeah, so no, I, I think know. I think Dan's mustache is the most uh, most likely to stay long term. Yeah, I mean, stay Palmer, with Palmer's the beard. always got a beard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what are you Palmer's talking about? Always got a beard. I I haven't cut my hair in a while, so I think really Colin. <laughs> You're just, you know, you, you, know, you need to point, point the finger at yourself. I mean, wow. Five out of eight. We're trending towards five out of eight. Yeah. Also, can you can you step aside from your mic a little bit and lean towards the camera so we can take a look at that beard? Patchy, That's pretty good. Patchy nice. little number as, as always, baby. It looks like a looks nice kind of a, like a light brown, maybe an auburn color. For the yeah, listeners. that's right. It comes in a little bit of a, a red beard. I think the pirate red beard is one of my ancestors. Nice. Nice. Uh, that sultry voice that you hear is Mike Samuelson in Minneapolis. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Beautiful day here in Minneapolis. Uh, hasn't snowed in a while, so that means, you know, sidewalks are getting increasingly more clear. Your boy's sidewalk is, is fucking chef's kiss. I would say I'm easily top 5% of sidewalks in Minneapolis. Uh, God. In terms the new of, homeowner of pride, yeah, not not a ton to do, just out it's there, got, just it's all got this new shovel. It's all manual labeled too. I, I don't I don't fuck around with the snow blowers. It's all you know, brawn. <laughs> love it, love it, as we expect. But yeah, it's it's just a great day. Just you know, got back from a a walk back from the grocery store, and uh, you know, loving life. Maybe we're gonna do some painting later today. We'll see, we'll see. We're definitely gonna go to the paint store, Palmer. Definitely going to the paint mm. store. Love a paint store. That's nice. That's very nice. Uh, we had an amazing family pod last week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I don't know if anyone listened because if you were already on it, you already heard it. So then there's nobody <laughs> left. But uh, no, we, it was so much fun. We I learned in, in my, my uh, other family Zoom that my sister still listens to the pod from now and again. So... 
right. didn't didn't feel the need to join, which is disappointing. But um, the fact that she listens makes her, you know, clearly my favorite family member because nobody else listens. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ruth. There you go. Shout her out. Uh, that's just so good. Uh, we talked about things we were looking forward to, things that uh, we, you know, were happy to leave behind in 2020, basically everything. Uh, one thing we did not talk about, and I feel like we do this every year, uh, New Year's resolutions, kind of either personal for yourself, things that you're trying to do this year, uh, or if you want to hand out a resolution, you know, we can do the annual Jose Mourinho stop being a dickhead uh, resolution. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're giving that to Jurgen Klopp this year. Oh, could be, could be. Uh, what, Mike? What do you got for resolutions? Oh, geez, I'm I'm not ready. I really stopped doing personal resolutions a couple years ago because they always just kind of fell flat. Uh, resolutions to hand out, I would just say like no complaining about schedules for coaches. Like I like that. Just stop. Just they're all. Everyone has the the game on the first weekend. And then everyone plays at the exact same time on the last weekend and in between this variability and just fucking deal with it. And just nobody wants to hear about it. It's the most bo- It's even more boring than talking about VAR. So just just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely day in Minneapolis. A beautiful yeah, exactly. walk. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mike is 75 year old, 75 years old and someone is on his lawn right now. Just <laughs> shut up. I agree. Uh, I like I like this resolution. Yeah. No one's arguing with that though. That's a good call. Yeah, that one's good. I need to uh, I need to work on my delivery. <laughs> no one's taking no. the side of I wish managers would talk about scheduling more. I wish they would complain <laughs> more. Yeah. Palmer, what do you got? Um, I'm gonna try to be less apocalyptic about my fandom. Um <laughs> Wow. I experience way too many peaks and valleys, and I just would like to level it out a little bit. Hard um, disagree. Mostly just valleys. Hard disagree. Mostly just valleys. Mostly just valleys. Uh, so I want to be less... Because you know what? These guys don't... No one's saying, um, man, I hope Mr. Palmer really gets his lesson done. And no one's like living or dying on whether or not you know, the check for understanding goes correctly and everyone understands it. Um, these guys don't care about me. I don't know why I care so much about those results. I need to, um, <laughs> it's just not good for my health. Uh, so, you know, if, if I can't figure out how to uh, count my calories correctly, I'm, I'm gonna just try to not be so hard on my heart. And um, I'm gonna try to remove myself from, from that from those peaks and valleys, mostly valleys. I, th- I take it back, actually. I think you have peaks. The problem is that when you're on a peak, you're just looking down and thinking, see wait- how far it is to that valley over there? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting yeah. for the other shoe to drop. Yes, Yeah. for sure. So that's, that's, that is my, a- that's my resolution. That's a great resolution. Colin, what do you got? Um, you know, my personal ones are just too chinchilla. We can't, we can't deal with that here. That's too deep. <laughs> take us the whole hour. Uh, but on a, for others in the world of football, I would like to see some changes to VAR, some structural changes to VAR, not we're going to, we're going to do better at what we're already doing, but I want to see like, all right, we're just going to fucking give up on offside or, um, you know, we're going to make this completely different 
different way it's being handled instead of just kind of like waiting for refs to get better at it or putting in the monitor pitch side or something that's a, a tweak. I want I want something seriously different because I think that um, I mean I think the game's getting worse and worse from VAR basically like like the implementation of VAR the way it's um, evolving is worse than it, it started out in a lot of ways. Um, so I'd like to see you know uh, whoever that may be the FA or FIFA or UEFA um, make concrete steps to to you know make the product better for those watching. I'm telling you, just get a panel of ten people. They get two replays. Sure. And if you can't get nine out of ten to agree, sure. it stands. Take it. I'll take it. I'm telling you. Let's try Simple. something else. That's all I'm saying. That's very good. Uh my resolution, I don't the reason I threw to everybody else is because I don't know. I don't know. Uh <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Maybe so, like I said, pump. To make it to content. a soccer game in twenty twenty one. That's oh, a that, great yeah, one. Yeah, that would be nice. We'll see. Yeah. By the end, I feel like by the end of the year that could that could happen. It's possible. I like it. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, see some of you lot. See some of the folks that listen to this podcast uh, in person. Share some joy. That would be a good resolution or a hope, at least. That's a, yeah. I mean, that would be great. Maybe it's not up to you, really, but. Yep. Yep. Um, here's one. <laughs> Segways into the next thing. Uh, I would love if footballers just laid off the casual racism. You know, they say it's a cultural thing. They, oh, I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to say that on the Instagram comments. Uh, like, come on, you, you probably, you probably have some idea. It's not cute. Uh, yeah. Edson Cavani handed a three match ban, uh, for using a, what he claims was kind of a, a friendly term of endearment with one of his friends on social media. Palmer, I mean, this, he's not even like the first dude from wherever he's from, Uruguay or yep. whatever to, yep get in trouble for this exact thing right didn't yep. suarez like the exact same this, word i think right the, the exact yeah. same word uh yeah this is just it just is it's stupid and like the um what's even more stupid is the uh the defense of i didn't know i couldn't do that um, that was a Dave Chappelle yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, bit, which is a hilarious bit, but the bit is 15 you know, years old yeah, because I did just, know I couldn't well, do that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole point. Is, that's is, the whole bit. Even when yeah, you say right. that, you do know, especially that, yeah, with this, exactly. because it was the exact same thing that happened with one of his teammates and got worldwide news. So it's like, you know, now yeah, you should know. Yeah. It's just and, stupid, and it needs to stop. And even um, so, there there was like a, a like a Uruguayan Spanish language academies group, like some basically group that's sort of you know the the holder of the Uruguayan language, and they came out and were like, this you know just demonstrates a shocking lack of like cultural knowledge in Uruguay or whatever, and and that very well very well maybe so, like maybe in Uruguay this word is thrown around all the time. And everyone's like totally fine with it, but like, you're not in Uruguay, and it's been Cavani's pretty clear. Been in Europe for 15 years. It's it's pretty clear that in Europe this term, or maybe maybe it's just in English. I don't know. Maybe there is like a lack of understanding here between like the FA, which is in England, they speak English and like Spanish language, but like that's really not the point. Just like 
don't just don't do it. I I don't know. It's just the it well, just seems so, so stupid. I think there is a cultural thing here, right? Like to be fair, I think it is actually different than Suarez and Evra. Suarez and Evra, he doesn't to my knowledge or to what I heard, whatever, Suarez doesn't use the diminutive form of the word with the ito, right? So and then so there is the thing in Uruguay and Argentina, which whether you like this or not, is like part of their culture that people call other people by um, their appearance, right? So yeah. if you are the one, with, this is like pretty offensive to us, but it's what they do. It's like, if you are the one with the smallest eyes in the group, they call you Chino. Like mm-hmm. that's, and nobody thinks that's racist there. And if you are the one with the darkest complexion, they call you this, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the cultural thing. Whether that cultural thing it, you you feel comfortable with it or not like i personally don't but like whether you want to say that's acceptable for them to have their culture or whatever like that's a i think a bigger harder question right but the easier question is to say okay now edison cavani you've been in europe for 15 years you know that that's not that you know you're a professional footballer that every you know blah 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 you should know this this situation here so to me, that's that's what I think both can be true, right? They can say, yes, this is in Uruguay, this is totally fine. And the recipient of this can think it's totally fine. And everybody could think it's totally fine on the other end. But still, the audience for it is not just that one person. And so therefore, you can't well, be saying and, that. And I think it's noteworthy that both of these like Uruguayan guys are not black. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, it's just the one with the darkest complexion of the group, right? Like, well, well, what, but I mean, like, bronze? you know, there there are things that like, were you know okay in the u.s for a long long time that were horribly racist and are no longer okay and this might be the same kind of thing in uruguay i mean it's it's very similar i think in terms of like what happened at psg the the psg istanbul game where like basically you know that they just said oh uh, the you know the ref like referred to someone by their skin color Mm. and you know that was a huge deal and and i think like there's a lot of parallels to this yeah i was just gonna say like the the casual racism part of it is obviously terrible and the the real issue at hand but it's also just embarrassing that they don't like know the rules of the league or the country that they're playing in like there's Maybe footballers are just so dumb that they should know the rules and they just don't and they like do these things in public spaces and get in trouble for it. But like on the other hand, like I worked overseas for a couple of years and the second day I was there, I was sat down by the people I was working for and like these are the things you need to know about walking around on the street here. You can do this, you can't do that. When you go to a restaurant, you do it this way. Like it was it's a place where you don't want to end up in jail right so it was like these are the things you need to know to not be in jail here because you don't want to be in jail here and like how is manchester united not training their players as soon as they're off the plane to be like you're look we know in south america that maybe this is appropriate or if not appropriate it's accepted or tolerated like it's not here and if you do this you will be banned three games and we're putting that on you. Like you're a professional, you have to stay eligible. You're gonna lose your your wages for those three games. Like, how is that just not part of the like business of football? It's yeah, embarrassing. Exactly. That, yeah. And that was the point that I was gonna make as well. I think uh, a lot of this, you know, this is definitely like we talk about player power, right? And players are 
they're definitely responsible for their actions. And uh, this is a correct ban. Edison Cavani should deserves this three match three match ban, and he need, needs to learn from this. Um, but there is some some responsibility on the club to just do some sensitivity training and like understand like if we want to get this out of the game, then the club has responsibility as well to be like this is the stuff that that is unacceptable. Um, and also, if you hear this done on the pitch, then these are the things that you can do as well. Um, so I think it's it's definitely part of the responsibility of the club. And um, Dan, I think that you said that perfectly. Yeah, and I think it's it's part of like the modernization of the game, right? Like um, maybe this is like thinking like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, something like that, where uh, clubs would sign a guy and he's from whatever, Africa, and then they just like say, okay, here's the data turn up to training, um, but they don't like set him up with, you know, he's speaks French and he's in nobody Birmingham now and like nobody, nobody speaks yeah. French there and he, he has no idea how to find an apartment and you know, what uh, what's this fucking terrible brown food I have to eat and like all this kind of shit. <laughs> like, but now maybe like teams are a little bit more progressive and they have people to help them do that part, but it's exactly right. Like this is, this is the next step there is that this like, I don't know, not just... Um, caring about the ability for that player to, uh, you know, find shelter or something like that, but to actually understand um, the culture that they now live in. Or maybe they are doing that and Cavani had a drink and got loose on social media. Yeah, and, true, true. You know, like, who knows? We don't know. But uh, it's embarrassing, no matter what angle you take it at. Yeah. It's just really embarrassing for Cavani, uh, for the club, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so uh, I, I would push back. I would say that they're probably not doing that because it took, I think, like three weeks for this ban to come through. So uh, the the club was like, all right, we're going to let you play until the FA makes a decision on this. So uh, the club's point. not doing this stuff. So, um, you know, they were hopefully, they were saying that, oh, I hope he doesn't get banned, essentially. So I don't, you know, but that's yeah. Yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, in more hilarious lack of social awareness, uh, did anyone else see this? I'd love this. There's a Juve video uh, in the new year, you know, first training <laughs> session of the new year. All these players walking out, they like, they're walking out onto the training field, coming out of the tunnel from the locker rooms, right? And they see the camera there and they're like, they're all hamming it up, saying happy new year or like uh, bueno ano or whatever it is in Italian, right? Uh, some Spanish guys come out, say happy new year in Spanish. Weston McKinney comes out and he goes, hey, happy new year. Uh, 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 Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Just what's a what's a foreign holiday thing I could say? Yeah, uh, missed uh, it. Just missed like he, it. Like he was he was 50-50 between that and the Feliz cumpleaños and like <laughs> <laughs> it was just the most American thing. Just yeah, like uh, so good, so good. Just say something in a different language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty good. Great. Pretty good. Uh, definitely um, a reminder that like even though. We view Weston. We, I mean, I think on this pod we love Weston McKenney pretty damn much, um, especially for his, uh, you know, player power, advocacy kind of stuff. Um, but it is a reminder that he's whatever twenty two years old, and it's not yeah. like he's some kind of, uh, you know, well traveled guy who speaks 
five languages and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, he's pretty well traveled for a 22 year old and probably speaks I mean, at definitely least two for languages. 20- so definitely <laughs> for a 22 year old. Yes. But His I mean, German's I, probably pretty good. Yeah. 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 But he's, I mean, he's definitely not, uh, I mean, I think we put him on a pedestal, but it's just like a little bit to be like, Oh yeah, he's, he's a kid. He's still, he's yeah. still 22. He, he yeah. definitely like of the young Americans, I think has the most personality. Like Pulisic just kind of seems like someone who's like kind of handled and like, doesn't I, I don't know i never really see anything about pulisic beyond like oh he's you know sponsoring this thing or doing this promo and yeah. then everything just, i've seen from they, yeah they got they got the cuffs on him the and bubble then, wrap they wrap him in bubble wrap as soon as he's off the field yep. <laughs> i hope so yep. and then like tyler adams just kind of seems like a nerd like every interview i've seen of him or like social media i'm just like he seems like a perfectly nice guy but like i don't know if he seems like fun or cool uh and then weston is definitely like the most in like the guy who I'd want to hang out with the most of those three. Uh, and then also just seems, I, I would say like probably the most worldly of them. Uh, but I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Colin, like he's also still only 22. And when you're 22 and you have a camera on you at all times, like you do kind of things you might, might regret. I don't know if he regrets that or not. I thought it was kind of funny, but yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I hope he never regrets is his matching floral print uh, shorts and button-up short sleeve shirts that he wears when he's on vacation. Uh, if if you are not following Weston McKinney on Instagram, it's a high recommend for a follow. Absolutely, something that Ryan Palmer would have worn yeah, when he was twenty-two. Would have, no doubt. <laughs> Still might if he ever gets to go on vacation again. Yeah, let me out. Let me out. You you don't even want to know what's going to happen once on my first vacation. It's just going to be. Oh, man. Ch- bring that wheezy shirt back. <laughs> uh, Premier League, it's the festive period. There are a ton of games. Uh, your boy has not been watching a lot of them, but following storylines. Let's start at the top of the table. Liverpool, uh, we all thought preseason that they'd be kind of runaways. They're not runaway yet, but they are uh, where we thought they'd be. Uh, 33 points from 16 games. Uh, Klopp getting angrier and angrier, but uh, here they are. Uh Klopp, Klopp getting angry and angrier, but it seems like they're not even playing during this festive period. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, uh, any thoughts on Liverpool, Palmer? Uh, I mean, they are where they are, and I think that uh, this is... I think that it's closer than, than a lot of people would have expected, but Liverpool at the top seems like it's it's right. Um, they're, a good, they're a good squad. We knew this, though. We are who they thought they were. Yeah, yeah. They're clo- it's, it's closer at the top uh, than we would have expected, but also they've had three tough run of injuries, especially in the back in this first half of the season. So you can see why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it speaks to either how good Klopp is or just how resilient this team is, or something. The fact that they're still at the top, and you know, they've I would say also looked like the best team from what I've seen. So it's, it's not like a fluke. We spent a lot of time, I guess, through last season, through the last couple of years saying how important Van Dyke was for that team. And that he's really the difference between being a good and great squad. Uh, and he's out obviously. So are they, is anyone kind of impressed by how well they've been able to maintain some form with him out considering how important we thought he was? I don't, I don't know impressed but i think that maybe impressed in in that uh 
they do seem a different squad without him. Um, they lost a lead against West Brom um, and ended up drawing. Uh, you know, you could definitely think about pointing that back to the loss of him there. Um, he provides, uh, you know, goals on set pieces, um, and they're missing that. So the fact that it's so tight could could be a reflection of of the loss of of Van Dyke. So. Um, you know, maybe maybe they aren't. They're they're still such a great squad that, you know, they can outscore teams. But maybe they have to, maybe they have to score more than the other team rather than defend as much and be as effective as at at defending. So yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like their their last few results, like they've had more problems scoring goals by and large than keeping them out. Like it's not like they've been giving up tons of goals and that's why they've been drawing these games like they just haven't been able to score and i mean they've got injuries all over the the pitch but you would have thought it kind of would have been the other way it seems like their their biggest injuries are along the back line and that you know their front six or whatever are largely intact but that kind of hasn't been how it's played out uh united really quietly for me in second place uh you know feels like we're almost weekly saying that Ole's got to go. He's not the one for United. It's time for somebody new. And they're tied on points uh, with Liverpool, actually. How did that happen, Colin? I mean, they've rolled off a few in a row. And they, just towards the end of that run, they've started to actually look decent, too. Um, I think going into the season, we did talk about how they do have uh, a lot of attacking talent, and especially young attacking talent. Um, and players like Anthony Martial, who you know, maybe hasn't shown himself to be a world beater there, but can certainly provide a lot of quality. Um, and those guys just coming together. I think from, from my perspective, they are a team that should have been scoring more goals than they had been. Um, and then, you know, they also had a big performance this week from, uh, what's his name? Eric Bailly, uh, another player who's been pretty like, um, I don't know, viewed as a disappointment probably at United or had some rough times and maybe, um, like those guys in attack, it's, it's just taken a while to to settle in, and I I can't really speak to whether that's um, a personal thing or that it's been some amount of time with Ole now and the system is better or whatever. But it is, you know, it seems like they do have a little bit more continuity now um, than they did at you know like the beginning of the season or the end of last season. Maybe um, they've kind of stuck with a lot of those same guys, and it's finally starting to pay off. I feel like also the the narrative around United was very much based on their Champions League, which they didn't do well in Champions League, and I think they're going to Europa, right? So I think that's a big part of it. And then, I mean, just kind of looking through their their fixtures this year or their results, they haven't really... I mean, they, they beat Everton. We know Everton is a great team. But other than that, all of their results, all their wins have been against teams that are like not big, you know, quote unquote, big clubs. I mean, Southampton, they beat Southampton. They've, they've been good this year, but like they have a lot of draws against other, you know, big clubs. And then they, they lost against Spurs. They lost against Arsenal. So I also feel like this might just be kind of the, uh, the novelty or the oddities of schedule, like just giving them some easier games. And then, you know, once they have more games against tougher teams, like maybe we'll, we'll see them in the sort of third to fifth, range where we kind of expected them yeah i mean 
I, I think you're right. Like they're probably a third to fifth team. Uh, but to say that they, they've drawn with Leicester, City, and Chelsea is like, I don't know. They're on that level. They're not getting, it's not like they're getting played off the park by good teams and then beating bad teams, right? Yeah. They, yeah. You know? That's true. I'm just, they don't really have like a, a win to point to a to be like, oh, yeah, we, yeah. we played City and we beat them to nothing and we looked better or, or whatever. Two weeks from now, Liverpool, Man United. That's mm-hmm. a yep. chance for a signature win for somebody. Yep. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a big game. Leicester's in third place uh, with an, an extra game played, but 32 points, only one on one point behind the two on top. Um, I think we thought Leicester would be a you know solid team, maybe on the rise from their sixth or seventh place finish last year. Um, so this is a little surprising to be all the way up in third or is that I mean I guess to me they're a sixth or seventh place maybe fifth place team but the teams that we thought would be ahead of them are you know uh, Chelsea's below them City's below them Spurs are below them so like they're chugging along as you would expect and it's the rest of the field that's fallen off I think that's exactly right yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is a weird year it's a weird, a weird year such a weird year yeah uh, Spurs with 29 points, three points behind that. Uh, Palmer's Spurs have been in first place this year. Uh, they've struggled at times. It's been peaks, peaks and valleys. You're testing and peaks, me, aren't you? Peaks looking <laughs> at valleys. Let's see how this resolution's going. 30 minutes later. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I you know they played Leeds uh, yesterday morning, um, which I fully. I got up at 4.30 in the morning to watch that game and fully expected to watch them lose to Leeds like 4-0. So um, that was, uh, it. you know, I think that's a good result against against a team that wants to play an open style of football. And uh, I think the positive thing that came from that is that we didn't, we played with a lead. Um, and by played with a lead, I mean we didn't really park the bus um, and end up giving up a late, uh, draw, which has been the pattern for the last, you know, month at least. Um, so that's uh, that's exciting. Um, I'm not going to get too high or too low because I imagine, uh, you know, our next game will come right back down to earth, and uh, I I think that we play like Marine or Mar- Marin uh, in the FA Cup. Um, and we play at their at their place, so uh, in the bleachers. And I'm sure that we'll just park the bus and be boring and and get a <laughs> replay at at uh, at the big stadium. So, so yeah. I mean, Jose clearly listening to the pod last week, hearing all the praise for uh, Bielsa, and just saying, yeah. you know, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me, guys, and just coming out there and just really wiping wiping the floor with Bielsa, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I think, so they, uh, I can't believe, I can't remember, um, oh, Wolves. They had, they played Wolves um, a couple days after Christmas and drew that game 1-1. Um, and they scored in the, like, fifth minute. Uh, to go up 1-0, and then just defended the entire time. And, of course, Mourinho was like, um, this is not the plan, which it is the plan. Uh, 
and he just complains that the, the players aren't um, executing it correctly. Uh, but it was it was just nice to see, you know, we scored early and we continued to push and continued to try to score, uh, which, to be fair, it looked a lot different than the Wolves game. And they in the Wolves game, they just defended and defended and defended, uh, and they didn't do that against Leeds. And I, I know that Leeds is a different team and they play a, a different style, but... Um, Mike, to your point, it was almost like Mourinho wanted to, uh, you know, make a point. Yeah, make a yeah, point new, against I mean, Bielsa. New, new year, new moo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I also think that there's a little bit of. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, um, very happy that I don't have to root for a team managed by Jose Mourinho. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's a little bit of like unnecessary slander at Mourinho's style at this point. Um, you know, Spurs have 29 goals this year. You're that, testing me. <laughs> that is good for, I don't know, maybe like sixth in the league. Like Leeds have more because they just attack, attack, attack. And then big, a few big clubs have more. Chelsea, uh, Leicester, United, and Liverpool. That's it. So they have more goals in City. They have more goals than, you know, Everton, Arsenal, whatever, Wolves. You know, all these other teams. It's not like they're completely not attacking, right? Um, so... I don't know. I just I just think it's uh yes, certain games are frustrating cuz he doesn't play the tactics you'd like, but it's not like they're not scoring at all. I, Kane and, fair, and Kane most... and Son are setting records, all this kind of here's, stuff. Like, yeah, I was going to say that stat. Here's what I would say. I mean, I think that uh they're attacking in the first half. Their second half they are absolutely shut down. Um in the last like I can't remember the stat, but it was uh, even against Wolves, they had zero shots. Zero in the second half. Um, it happens to Everton and, all the time, and we're trying. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it just seems like there's a switch in tactics in the second half with Mourinho that if he's playing with a lead, it's like shut it down. And what's happening is um, we're losing games and we're losing points. We've lost like nine points from from um, winning, winning positions, positions this, yeah. uh, this year. Which is insane, but it's also because uh, we're being asked to defend for um, like 45, 50, 60, 70 minutes. And it's just, I don't think that we have the team, we're not suited to do that. Um, well, I mean, hopefully. Well, and it's not just that you're defending, like, it's not just that you're losing points from winning positions, but so many of those goals are happening in like the last five minutes of the match. Yeah. Yeah, which exactly. is just like fatigue to me. I mean, yep. Yeah. So I guess it sounds like Spurs are about where we would expect them. Like we know they're a good team, but they're, they have their faults, whether it's uh, inability to focus or change in tactics from the manager or whatever, but like they're uh, probably not deserving to be in first. It sounds like. So, yes, exactly. So they're in fourth. I'm going to keep it uh, real nice and level. This level, real level. Manchester City uh, also on 29 points. Story, they, like a very convincing win over Chelsea today. Uh, Zach Seffen starts, American goalkeeper. We're, we're back. American goalkeeper is back on top of the world. <laughs> Feels good. It's and the uh, shutout. Pretty cool. No, he, yeah. he, he let in one late. Uh, Spurs oh, style. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, you're Spurs right. Spurs style. Spurs style. 
Uh, and he also picked up a back pass in the first like five minutes, which was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Just Oof. nerves. Yeah, yeah. That was tough. Um, you and Burhalter proud. <laughs> when, when Zach Steffen went to Manchester City, I did not think he would play any meaningful minutes. Uh, you know, maybe he'd be second or third string and get some like Carabao Cup action or something like that. Uh, but mostly loaned out. Just didn't think it'd go anywhere. He's now played Champions League and Premier League games for them. Yeah, uh, big. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he's still very clearly second choice and only played today because Ederson is out with COVID. But they still count. I mean, this was still a big game, and it seemed like he did pretty well. So, yep, good for him. Anything else about City? Are they maybe charging a little bit? Are they rounding into form? Any thoughts, Colin, that they could end up uh, pushing for a title? Oh, yeah, I totally think they can push for a title here. Um, they have guys who I think are, are, I think some of their best players are very young still, right? So Phil Foden and Ferran Torres are both very young players who, um, you know, we can expect to get better, basically. And I think those guys can, can play a really big role in them closing towards the end of the season. I think they have a ton of talent, haven't been that great so far this year. Um so there's every reason to think that they can be better than this in the second half. I also think Kevin De Bruyne, um, he's been like good. If you watch them play, he's a he's very good, but his end product probably hasn't quite been there. Um, so that's another player I think could have a better second half of the season than first half. Um, so I I think yes, I think they basically they can close on some of these teams. Will they? Is another matter, but I absolutely think they can. It'll be interesting. I mean, this year. There's just no result that you can write into stone. It's been wild. That's so it'll true, be, yeah. I think, just very interesting to see how it plays out, which is a really boring way of saying, like, I'm not so sure, but uh, <laughs> it's been like... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure of nothing. I'm sure of absolutely nothing this year, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everton in, I've lost track of where we are, just below City, 29 points, game in hand. Um feels like it's been an amazing year for Everton but here they are in sixth which is not so amazing I mean that's a good year for Everton and the season isn't done but like uh I think considering how happy you've been Collins sixth place doesn't feel like it reflects that yeah I mean it's four points off first is kind of like wow four points off first but sixth is like "Mm, uh, sixth so um yeah I agree with you it's been a season of uh you know, a roller coaster like Palmer saying. We I think we have we have two streaks of winning four matches in a row, which are the longest streaks of wins in a row any club has. Um, so and we've done it twice. So I think that shows you that in between we were very poor, and um, you know we may trend down that way again. Right now we're playing without James, and I think the last four in a row that we won, we we got away with winning games we maybe um, deserve to draw or something like that. So. I think sixth is about uh, what we deserve at this point. Like, I, unlike City, I don't see Everton uh, having the uh, <laughs> talent or guns to to be going up the table in the second half. Push on. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, I mean, you kind of expect this, but like particularly in the past couple of weeks with all the games, just the table has started to look more like you might expect. And, you know, some of the teams that were kind of overperforming, you know, your Saints, your Villas have started to slowly kind of slide down a little bit. Um, Ooh. so yeah, I, but it's also, so, it's also so tight. 
I know, I but talk vi- about Villa. Well, talk about Villa. That that's my I, segue, guys. That's called good podcasting. <laughs> I so to say that uh, Villa is is like falling. I don't know. I Villa has been very fun to watch, um, and I know that they they lost to United, but that was a really great game. Uh, Villa, I think, could definitely. Villa might be on the rise here. Um, on the rise, like, I could, hold on, let me clarify. On the rise, like, they're on the rise as a club because you thought they were going to be a rele- relegation struggler, and now they're not? Or on the rise, like, they're in seventh at the halfway point now. Are they going to be in fourth at the end of the year? You think they're, like, rising from here? Or they've risen to get where they are? I think that they, they've definitely risen to get where they are. I think that they're playing great football, and I wouldn't be surprised if they challenge... Or like make a surprise run at the end of the year, um, wow. and maybe finish in like at least a, a Europe spot, a European spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, no, no shade on Villa. Like they're definitely overperforming. They've looked really good. Like Grealish is you know fantastic, but you know early in the season they had you know a solid run of weeks where they were like in the top four, and mm-hmm. you know now what are they seventh? Uh, which is a great place for them to be. I mean, I think probably going into this season, if you said, hey, you're going to be at seventh at, at New Year's, they'd be very happy with it. But it also just feels like yeah, we're they, starting to see some of the normal kind of uh, movement of teams. They also have two games in hand, though. They've only played 15. So Well, Liverpool's only played 16, so they only have a game in hand. But point oh, taken. Well, they have a game in hand, yeah. yeah. But it is kind of crazy. I mean... Just to look back on Villa's first half of the season and be like, they, you remember them beating Liverpool 7-2, but then they went out two weeks later and beat Leicester, who, you know, is a team that we've already talked about, and uh, they drew with Chelsea, they've beaten United, um, like, they've had a hell of a year. They've Mm -hmm. had signature results. They've had signature Mm -hmm. results. Uh, I'll take the opposite position and then Palmer here. I say they finished the season... um, in more like a double-digit number. I'll say ninth or tenth, but uh, that's not. I, I don't want to take anything away from those results. They've been fantastic, and you're exactly right. Grealish is amazing. They're fun to watch. All that is true. I just think uh, they can't possibly keep up that, that those results. And to me, Villa seems like kind of one of those like old-timey big clubs, kind of like Leeds in a similar way, where it's like just good to have them back playing like fun soccer. And to be a yeah. team where you can like root for them and be like, okay, this, you know, they're they're not gonna become, you know, Man City overnight or whatever. Uh, but it's it's just it's good to have them around. Yeah, I remember when they went down. I was like, oh shit, Villa's going down. Like that's kind of fun. But uh, so it's good to have them back too. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive they can do it with uh, leather boots, molded studs, and smoking <laughs> cigarettes at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so so cool. Uh, Chelsea's in eighth. Uh, they've also, I mean, they've been towards the top of the table, at least at points this season. They've slipped way down right now. It's kind of the same feeling as Spurs and Everton almost. Like, it feels like they've been good, but they're dropped. And it's just like, I don't know, more magnified for Chelsea somehow. Uh, they've had yeah. some injury issues, I guess. Uh, it's a funny team. But I just don't see the excuses there for them, really. I'm not sure. They've plummeted, too. Like, they yeah, have not really looked good the last, the last couple games. But, uh, 
I think Lampard said that the first half against Arsenal was the worst first half performance that they've had. Um, the first half performance that they had against Man City today would probably rival that first half performance. They've, they've been really, really bad. Um, they look like a team without really an identity or, or really know what's going on. Um, it seems like Lampard can't really figure out like who he wants to start, how does he want to set up. They've like cycled in Giroud, uh, Timo Werner, uh, Pulisic, obviously, and they just haven't really been able to figure out like a solid starting eleven. Um, Lampard might be in the hot seat um, if he doesn't start turning things around. Can, can uh, I just say some of Lampard's comments seem very fraudulent? Like the way he's <laughs> like he's talked about Timo Werner being like, "Well, Timo Werner needs to like play himself out of this." And then when they had the bad game against Arsenal, he's like, "This is down to the players." Like. Is this just because you don't have any other ideas? Like, you don't know how to fix it, so you're just like, these guys better fix it. I don't know. Like, but in the press, you're going to make it seem who like... Who did he learn from? Who yeah, did he learn yeah, from? <laughs> yeah, the master. Um, but that that's what it feels like to me, is it's just like uh, a pretty, like, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, unprofessional, but, uh, you know not very sophisticated I, way of handling that kind of question or that kind of problem at it, the club. Is 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 Chelsea? Well, go ahead, Dan, because this is slightly slightly off. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel. It's not like unprofessional exactly, but it's kind of amateur. It's yeah. like it's it's not high level management. Yeah, it's like, and especially if you're yeah. like Lampard, who's like, you're probably. I mean, you're definitely underqualified for your job, right? Like you've only managed one other spot before for like what one or two years, whatever. You're really young to like come with that. It's going to be your style. Like, I feel like you should like lean towards the like. AVB overprepared uh, style and yeah. be like, I, I trust me, I th- I'm really thinking about this over here rather than just like, I'm a player manager who doesn't play. I just like whatever, roll out the ball, let's let's do it kind of style. You can get away with that if you're, uh, you know, you've been doing it and you're 70 years old, but you're Harry Redknapp. <laughs> yeah, it just feels to me like Chelsea are the worst. Not managed from a like the manager, but just like the overall institution, are just the worst managed club in the Premier League. Like, I don't know. There's just something about them that it just seems like they never really have a plan. Like even when they've won the Premier League, like when they won the Premier League with Mourinho, it just I don't know. It always kind of feels like a bit of a house of cards. And then this past summer, they spent just huge amounts of money on Werner, who's doing terribly. They spent even more money on Havertz, Havertz, whatever his name is. He's like not even in the team. It just, it just feels like a club that just doesn't really know what they're doing right now. And are We're not just even going to talk about Kepa. Whether, what? Yeah, yeah, Kepa, another good one. Although it seems like Mendy's, Mendy's decent. Uh, but yeah, now they've got a eighty million dollar keeper on the bench, and it just feels like they're the only reason why they're where they're at is just because they've spent so much money and like. They couldn't possibly be much lower because their players are such quality. Are you feeling like there's Roman Abramovich, Dan Snyder parallels? Per- parallels? Um, man, I don't know enough about Roman Abramovich. It seems like he's evil, but is he Dan Snyder evil? It's it's hard to tell. <laughs> I mean, he's a Russian oil oligarch. I'd think we it can make some assumptions. It does seem that way. It does seem walks um, like an so, evil, quacks like an evil. Uh, <laughs> 
as, as, Col- team, as like Colin would say, he's not on our team. <laughs> or what do you say? He's not on our side. I don't know. Wh- whatever Colin says. Yeah, he's not one of us. What manager does Chelsea need then? They've got like this raw talent, it seems like. They've got a bunch of young players that were really great for their clubs last year around the world. Uh, it- I mean, clearly the player they needed who they just missed out on was Pochettino. Just bring him in Hello. there. We saw what he did with Spurs. He took a bunch of young kids and he made them, you know, fantastic players. He had them overperforming. Pochettino was who they needed, but you know, now he's at yep. PSG, so they're they're stuck with old Frankie. I like that. I would I love like that shot. Just w- one more one more manager thought. Uh Colin texted or emailed us yesterday that Steven Gerrard's Rangers are, you know, twenty points up in uh in Scotland. They're going to win the league for the first time in almost a decade. Would love to see Stevie G at Chelsea. Just think that would be, and especially to, to replace uh, <laughs> Lampard, that would just be really uh, tailor-made for us. I mean, they can't co-coach together. We know that. So, <laughs> you have, you have to, either one or the other. Oh, that's good. Uh, Southampton in ninth. Any comments? West Ham in 10th. Nah. Arsenal in 11th. Uh, nice win, though, recently. Couple. Arsenal have been very Arsenal. disappointing over the holiday season. With all these wins, yeah, it's just very disappointing. Yeah, that's yeah, it pains me. Yeah, and that second goal in the in the most recent game was very Arsenal, like really nice passing, and they pass into the net. It just made me feel like this is the old Arsenal that all those people who are Arsenal supporters, Arsenal fan TV wants to see, and I don't want them to be happy. So, I, you know, I can't have that. I think. Maybe this is good just for the uh, anticipation of them actually collapsing and falling. So like, raise a little and then really collapse. So this, I really feel. I, I always feel I that with really the Dallas just, Cowboys. If I can get like a few more Cowboys wins before the end, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring up. You know, have them have the hope and then just really crash. Yeah. In an effort to change his fandom this year, he's now projecting his fandom onto other teams that he hates. <laughs> That's so good. I love uh, it. In all seriousness, though, I, I think Arsenal's, Arsenal finishes above 11th this year, where they're sitting now. I, I think... Big shout. I mean, it's not a big shout, obviously, but they do, <laughs> they do look like they're uh, at least figuring it out in attack. Will, will they figure it out like they'll be a team that uh big clubs are scared to play i don't think so but um they're figuring it out enough that they'll be able to score goals which they could not do a month ago well they've gone to young guys in attack right they've got this guy uh smith Rowe or just Rowe. i don't know what he actually goes by uh he's like 19 yeah uh sokka's sokka i think had a goal yesterday yeah so um you know maybe arteta Finally, just I don't know, pivoting a little bit. Also has a chance. Some fresh blood. Also has a chance in January to reactivate Mesodozel. So, oh, that's oh. interesting. That's interesting. I can only Ozil hope. being really nice on Twitter about all the young players and how happy he is for quote unquote the boys. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Twelfth is Leeds, uh, Bielsa, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There, that's. You know, coming up, I think a lot of people were scared for them. 11th place at New Year's. Uh, they're, they're okay there. 23 points. They're well on their way to their 40 if they can keep their pace up. Uh, Wolverhampton, 
a team we all kind of have a soft spot for, I think, in 13th. Yeah, disappointing. But they've had big issue or uh, injury issues. So, yeah. Um, team that I thought was going to end, I think our Sox, was it uh, Wolves above Everton? Was that the, or they finished above where they finished last year? Yeah, it's Wolves 7th uh, or higher. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem likely now, especially with, with their injury issues. Yeah. So The shed Sox is cold. coming your way soon. The shed is cold. Give me wool socks, baby. <laughs> uh, ba, 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 a bunch of stuff. I mean, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. Yedlin's playing again, uh, although got subbed off, I think, the other day. Uh, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham. Just stop me when you have anything to say. West Brom. <laughs> Sheffield United at the bottom. Two points out of 17 games. Oh, so bad. Not, not a good start. Not a good start. <laughs> so bad. They're, they're They've got just such a good terrible. crest, too. Yeah. The and a swords. great nickname, the Blades. The Blades. I love that The Blades name. are going down. And they, I mean, they finished ninth last year, and for a lot of last year, they were up higher than ninth. Like, it just reminds you that as much as we're, like, uh, on the Villa Love Train or – you know, leads can look really good one day or the next. Like, eh, it's uh, it's slippery in the Premier League. Like, all the teams you have to play are yeah. tough, and uh, just it's small margins. So, they stop going your way, they're, you can fall out of the league pretty quick. Yeah, their points are draws against Fulham and Brighton and Hove Albion. Like, <laughs> they are just deserving of two. Oh God, they're going that's, down. that's just yeah, they are in a league of their own at the bottom of this league. Uh, that is Premier League New Year's wrap up. Uh, it's it's really interesting. The top half is wild. Just Great who season. knows? Lots of yeah. drama. I like it. Yeah, thanks for bringing it back, Premier League. I mean, I liked that we did those few years where we were setting records, and it was like maybe one or two teams at the top, and they were the best teams in Europe too. And it was like, oh, that's that's great. But like, let's get back to the Premier League where it's like a bunch of teams that are like only good. Nobody's great. And it's it's going to be drama all the way to the end of the year. Love it. For some reason, I just thought about this. This is kind of related to our rules chat. Um, so stop me, stop me if we want to save this. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we've often talked about the need for like a salary cap for a little bit more parity. You know, Colin's talking about how you know it's fun to have you know these great teams, but ultimately we, we like to see teams a little bit closer together. But we know salary cap's probably never going to happen. So. I like the idea of rather than a salary cap, we just say, yep, you can spend however much you want. But if you spend over a certain amount of money, then all the other teams, you know, get to come together and basically like choose players who just can't play a certain certain game. So like Liverpool, you spend too much money. All right. We're going to say Van Dyke, he can only play, uh, you know, 19 games this year. <laughs> and uh we just kind of decide that at the beginning of the season, like, yep, Van Dyke, he's just going to be out from, uh, you know, September to, uh, to January. And we just, we inflict a little parody that way, you know, and we, we don't have to actually injure players. We just say that they can't play. I, okay. Let me tweak your idea. I love it. By the way, uh, <laughs> we, we just put tiers, right? So he's like, I don't know what the real like budget of these teams is, but like, let's say a hundred million and below no penalty one to 150, 150 to 200, 200, 250, whatever. And each tier you go up, the team you play against, if they're in the bottom tier, that is, uh, they get to pick that number of players off your team who, who, who is your healthy roster uh, who cannot play that day. So, like, just 
just before the match, right before the match, you know, an hour before the match, they get to go, all right, um, we're Sheffield United, we're tier zero. Liverpool, you're tier three. Like, that's the top tier. Salah, Firmino, and Van Dyke can't play this week. And then you just have to, like, look around the dressing room and be like, fuck, all right, you're in, you're in, you're in. That's who they picked. The knock-on effect of this that I love is that player values will, like, drop because the best players can't play as many games. (laughs) They just really have to perform. Like, when you play, when when Liverpool plays United, everyone plays, right? Those teams can't go pick off each other. Yeah, Messi would only get to play against Real Madrid every year. That's the only (laughs) team in the same tier, and therefore they don't get to make him sit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could have, like, protected players. Like, if you want to say, okay... Van Dyke is really important to us. We're protecting him. He gets to play every game he's healthy. But then, you know, it, it just means a lot of your other players. Because, you know, I mean, we can, nobody wants to make up a whole MLS, a MLS level rule system around this idea. Like, yeah, we can, we can get like abbreviations for different tags for players. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Expansion draft I, protections. Yeah. yeah. I mean, God. nobody wants a world where, like, Messi's only playing four games a year and we don't get to see him. So yeah. we, we, need a, we need to find a way to tweak that. But, yeah. uh, we, you know, I think guys, I think there's something here. We can't even figure out fucking VAR. Yeah. How are we going to be able to do whoa, whoa. this? Palmer, we can figure out VAR. We just have <laughs> to give the, the keys to the car. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, like, we need to have guys who are just um, free agents or whatever. And we'll be like, all right, this guy. Player pool. Player pool, yeah. Player pool guys. And we'll be like, all right, this guy, you want to play against Liverpool? Well, uh the league just signed um I'm trying to think who's like a Zlatan this year Zlatan was without a club that and so now we just so have an, we just have a bonus striker he's in the bonus striker pool you can have Zlatan Peter Crouch Jermaine Defoe they're all sitting there uh you know whichever one you want that would be uh, so Jermaine fun Defoe. Just, I was just going to say to be like yeah uh you know Mo Salah he's considering resigning for Liverpool but the uh the player pool I was also giving him a really good, uh, a really good offer. <laughs> oh my God! Can we just like be the, be the uh, front office of the player pool? What a job that would be! Uh, you never have to actually feel the club, but you get to sign players. Like, you have to be no responsibility <laughs> for like uh, bad signings or having no one to play right back or whatever. I love it. That'd be amazing. There's uh, the and the best part of this is. Uh, it passes the Palmer test because it's rampant for bribery. (laughs) (laughs) Expect to see this instituted uh, by 2024. (laughs) So good. So good. Uh, That's all we got on the run order, guys. Palmer has a Sunday morning work meeting in a few minutes, so we should wrap it up for Palmer. Uh, Pay your teachers more. Vote for more taxes. (laughs) Government is highly efficient. Do it. Uh, that's all I got. All right, guys. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Bye. Come on, you Spurs.
Good afternoon. <clears throat> As I was saying, I need you to need me to need them. Done. Great. You're welcome, Cliff. <laughs> Shout out to Ruth. There you go. Shout her out. The beard doesn't come in. It would be a beard. Just start rubbing him in icy hot. It's so impressive they can do it with uh, leather boots, molded studs, and smoking cigarettes at halftime. Whoa, whoa. What, Palmer, we can figure out VAR. Number two, baby. New house, baby. I like it. Did we, did we tell you Mike and I attended a uh, magic show, a virtual magic show uh, last week? And We couldn't uh, have. It was, just, it was just this past week. Yeah, Mike uh, had some audio issues, had to log off and log back on. <laughs> 216 podcasts later <laughs> it happened it happened to me on a big work call recently and i was just like god fucking damn it <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it was just too perfect you know even even the greats even the greats don't always perform to their high standard you know michael jordan <laughs> he misses shots That's true. um you know leo messi's notably terrible at penalty kicks so you know i'm just uh I'm, I'm just up there with the greats baby <laughs> it's important uh, it to so show good. your fallibility too so that everyone else feels better about it yeah it was people, so good you gotta you know it was getting to a point where people thought is he even human anymore so i had to show him on a you're damn, uh, you're damn right on a texted this is humiliating <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really funny because uh it was like it was like maybe 30 people on the zoom and so the magician went around to every zoom uh, person was like, hey, Ryan and Jill, like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, unmute yourself. Make sure your audio is working. And uh, we were the only ones who could. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there might have been one other. There might have been one other group, but it was. That's so we, good. we were like, you know, the only young adults. The other group it was like, you know, 70 year olds <laughs> who probably haven't been on a Zoom before. So. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing.